0: Fantasy Streamer Podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome to week four of the Fantasy Streamer Podcast. The podcast is going to help you win your fantasy football leagues, one stream at a time. I hope you guys had a good week of streaming last week. I know I had some pretty effective plays. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the vffstreamer. I will be giving away a, a few autographed jerseys there as well. We have a Devonta Adams Green Bay Packers jersey. And Amari Cooper, Oakland Raiders jersey, both signed with Certificate of Authentication. And feel free to hit me up on Twitter with any questions you have. I'll be getting a lot of DMs, a few mentions on, you know, who you should start, whether you should pick somebody up, a lot of start-sit questions too, so be sure to hit me up, happy to help. I will definitely give you my take, and I usually try to give you a pretty good explanation as to why that's my take. But without further ado, let's get into it, because we got a good week of streaming ahead of us here. Um, obviously, we're going to start with the quarterbacks again. My uh, Number one is Eli Manning. He's only on about 10% of leagues, and he gets to take on the Saints at home in the Meadowlands. So the Saints' defense so far this year has been really, really bad. They're giving up over 30 fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. In real NFL scoring, the Saints are averaging as an offense about 34 points per game so you got to think they're going to score against the giants which in turn is going to make the giants throw the ball more than they want to and the saints are giving up 34 points per game against and so you got to think that you know i'm not saying that the giants are going to score 40 points but i absolutely think they're going to score high 20s low 30s which is great news for eli manning uh furthermore the Opposing quarterbacks are averaging 336 yards passing a game with a quarterback rating of 141.7, which is ridiculous, like absolutely ridiculous. Like Aaron Rodgers is arguably the most efficient passer in NFL history, who has one of the highest passer ratings of all time, and his career mark is 103.8. And the Saints so far this year are giving up 141.7. Just incredibly high. And again, I don't think that's going to be Eli's passer rating this weekend. I'm just saying I think he has a, a great matchup and he's an absolutely fine stream. Last week against the Texans, Eli threw for 297 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And that's the kind of line I think you can expect him to throw against the Saints. So I'm really excited about this second streamer. Probably too excited, but I'm just, I'm bought into the hype. I love this for the NFL, the sport of football. So I'm very excited, but it's Baker Mayfield. He's only owned about 7% of leagues because obviously he was backing up Tyrod Taylor until this week. He's officially named the starter, so we don't have to worry about that. And he gets to take on the Raiders who just, I mean, they haven't been great defensively. On last Thursday night, Baker Mayfield played about a half of football. I think there's about two minutes left in the first half when he got in there. He went 17 of 23 for 201 yards, which is very efficient. He protected the football. There weren't a lot of really bad plays, bad throws. Um, I mean, he did have a fumble, but I mean, he, he protects the ball well. He did it throughout college. Um, he had a 74% completion percentage, which is amazing, right? Like, that's, that's incredible. And I know some people are like, oh, well, he's not going to consistently do that, right? He's a rookie. There's no way he's going to go 17 for 23 every week. And I don't know. Like, I get that the Jets don't have a great pass defense, but he was incredibly efficient. He was very accurate, had a very high completion percentage throughout his college career. Like, his last three years at Oklahoma, as a starter, his completion numbers, percentages... 68.1, 70.9, and 70.5. Like, his last two seasons, he was over 70% on the year. Do I think he's going to average 70% plus in the NFL? Maybe. Like, probably not. He's more of a high 60s guy. But, I mean, regardless, he's just an efficient quarterback. He's he's good. That's why he was the number one pick in the NFL draft. Um, We saw Ryan Tannehill last week against the Raiders. He went 17 for 23, which is literally the exact same um, completion percentage and attempts as Baker Mayfield, but Daniel threw for 289 yards and three touchdowns. Do I think Baker Mayfield's going to do that? I think he's going to do something very similar. I really do. Um, Right now, Oakland is 25th in the NFL in passer rating allowed. Uh, Opposing quarterbacks are throwing with a passer rating of over 105. And so, again, I think that baker's just in line for a really clean efficient day at the office i don't think he's going to throw 400 yards and four touchdowns but i think he's a lock to have a really just a really solid day all right my third streaming quarterback is case keenum he's owned in about 17 percent of leagues and he gets to take on the chiefs uh at home on monday night Uh, i'm not a huge case keenum fan i know he did have a pretty good year last year in minnesota uh, he obviously got the big contract to come over to Denver, and there's been you know like a decent amount of hype among experts, people in the industry. But I, I just I don't know. I'm not sold on him being like a really good NFL quarterback. I think he's a serviceable starter, you know, an, an average to below average guy. I'd probably say below average starter in the NFL. But the Chiefs have just been so bad. The Chiefs are 32nd in the NFL um, in fantasy points given up to opposing quarterbacks. They're bottom five in like virtually every statistic. They're 26th in passer rating allowed, uh, rating of over 100, 106. They're 32nd in yards allowed, uh, tied for 29th in touchdowns allowed. Like They're just not good across the board when it comes to defense, especially pass defense. And the Chiefs' offense has been unbelievable. I don't think, well, I I know they're not going to sustain this forever. uh, Mahomes would shatter Peyton Manning's record-setting season. But I do think the Chiefs are going to score. They're going to move the ball. They're going to score some points. And Case Keenum is going to have to move the ball and score some points. And I don't think the Chiefs' defense is going to stop him. So I think he's a very safe streaming option this week. And I'd have absolutely no issues throwing him in my lineup. Um, I do have a little bit of a bonus quarterback. I usually only do three, but um, Andy Dalton's on in about 28% of leagues. Um, he's playing pretty well recently. He did have a few interceptions against the Panthers, but you know the last couple weeks, he, he's looked pretty good. Um, a part of this is, is if AJ Green is healthy, then I'm more than okay to fire Dalton up in my lineups. I think... That game against Atlanta is going to be a shootout. Uh, Atlanta just lost both starting safeties, uh, Ricardo Allen and Ken Neal, to uh, season-ending injuries, as well as Deion Jones, who's a linebacker. He's kind of their defensive leader, their captain. Um, so all three of them are lost for the season. And I just think that, I mean, you saw what Drew Brees did to that defense. Right? He put up 43 points. And I don't think Dalton's going to do that or anything. But again, I think the Bengals are going to score 27 to 31 points. I think they're going to move the ball all day. I mean, it's in Atlanta. You're going to have great field conditions in the Dome. And so I think Dalton... If A.J. Green is, is good to go, I think you can play Dalton as well. So he's a little sneaky fourth option there for you. All right, so let's move over to the running backs, who which pretty thin this week. Um, as I've mentioned before, I would definitely look to your bench options before streaming some of these guys, but they're definitely playable if if you're desperate. And if you do have start-sit questions, like I said, hit me up. I'd be happy to give you my opinion. Uh, but let's start off here. So uh, Austin Eckler is on about 54% of leagues. He takes on the uh, 49ers. Obviously, he is Melvin Gordon's backup running back. In three games so far this year, he has 20 carries and 11 targets. So he is getting work, even though the Chargers have been in close games, right? Like they're one and two. They're not blowing teams out of the water here. And they're still giving Eckler a decent workload. But to me, this this is a game script play. The 49ers are giving up over 20 points per game to the running back position. And obviously, you got to think, Melvin Gordon he's going to get his first and I absolutely agree but with Jimmy Garoppolo tearing his ACL CJ Beathard is going to be playing he's going to be starting for the uh the Niners and I just think that the Chargers are just going to blow him out I think that the Chargers are going to be up early they're going to be up big you know they might be up 20-30 points at halftime like you saw the Chiefs put up 35 in the first half against the Niners last week I don't think the The Chargers are going to do that, but again, I think they're going to be in control start to finish. They're going to be no doubt, and so while the Niners try to play catch-up with C.J. Beathard, I think that Austin Eckler is going to get more snaps, more carries, more targets, more opportunities than he would in most weeks, and so if I had to stream a running back this week, he would be my number one stream. Um, I'm also throwing out Buck Allen. He's on about 39% of leagues they play in Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh D hasn't looked great this season uh, last year you know they weren't awful or anything so I'm still kind of torn I don't know if the Steelers defense is going to improve a bit or you know if they're going to be a below average D um, I'm just gonna have to wait and see on that one I'm pretty torn I, I see both sides um, but with Allen I mean he's not getting a ton of snaps he's not getting a ton of opportunities even when he is in the game but He is getting a lot of red zone work, a lot of goal line work. And if you stream him this week, that's what you're hoping for. Like, you're not going to get 15, 20 carries. You're not going to get 8, 10 targets. You're just hoping he scores. But that being said, in three games, he has three rushing touchdowns, one in each game. And last week, he got a receiving touchdown as well. So, not an ideal play. Not someone I'm saying go out and... Spend your fabs, spend your waiver priority. Just one of those, if you really need him, you know, throw him in your flex and, and hope he scores. Uh, my third running back is Aaron Jones. He's owned about 50% of leagues. He takes on the Bills. Um, this one, again, I'm just hoping for a good game script and that leading to opportunities for Aaron Jones. I know Buffalo played great. They dominated the Vikings start to finish last week, and I don't want to take any of that away from them. But I'm still not sold on them as a team. I don't think they're very good. I think they're going to go into Lambeau and lose by 20. Kind of how... I mean, we all thought that was going to happen in Minnesota. So um, I, I get the argument for them. But I'm just... I'm not sold on them consistently being that good. And Minnesota consistently being that bad. So I'm going to go back to streaming against the Bills. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a fine game. And again, it's going to be game script. I think the Packers are going to be up early. They're going to be up often. They're going to run the ball a lot more than they normally would. And as I've said before, I'm a very firm believer that when it comes strictly to running the football, that Aaron Jones is the best running back on the team. He's not the best overall back because he's not great in pass protection. He's not as good of a receiving back. But when it comes to running the football, I think he's the best. Um, Last week, the Packers were down for a lot of the game, so they didn't run a whole lot. But he had six attempts, 42 yards, and that's an average of seven yards a carry. All three of those led the Packers. Like he led them in rushing attempts, rushing yards, and yards per carry. And again, I just think that they're going to have a good game script. They're going to run the ball more. He's going to be the guy that runs the ball more. And I mean, you obviously, you get that touchdown upside when you have a Packers running back. So I, again... Not someone I'm super excited to throw on my flex, but I, I would do it if I had to. I own Jones in a number of leagues. I still haven't set my lineups, but I would not be surprised if he's if I flex him somewhere. All right, so switching over to the wide receivers. Um, all three here I think are great ads. I think they're more than one week streams. Like I, th- I think you're gonna roster them for an extended period of time. And honestly, if you have waiver priority, I think you could make an argument for any of the three to be the one you spend your priority on or your fab. So I, I'm i not going to go in any specific order here. But John Brown, he's owned in about 48% of leagues. They take on the Steelers. Like I mentioned before, I don't think the Steelers defense has been fantastic this year. They haven't been awful, but again, they've just been very average. Uh, right now, John Brown has 12 receptions on 23 targets for 222 yards, two touchdowns. He leads the team in receiving yards and touchdowns and he's, I mean, right behind Michael Crabtree in receptions and targets. He's averaging over 74 yards a game and nobody else on the team is averaging over 52. So I think he might not be the clear-cut number one receiver on the team. I think it is a, a 1A, 1B, but I think he's the best wide receiver on the team. Michael Crabtree was good for a a number of years, but I think he's on the decline, and I I truly believe that John Brown is the best wide receiver on that team. But in this matchup, I don't think it matters a whole lot. Pittsburgh is ranked number 21 in the NFL, according to Football Outsiders, against wide receiver number ones, you know, the best wide receiver on the opposing team, giving up 98 yards a game, and they're ranked 27th, against wide receiver twos so whether you think that John Brown is the number one or that Crabtree is the one and Brown's the two I don't think it matters this specific week I think Brown's the one I think he's the best but you know Crabtree's not far behind Crabtree has more targets but whatever your argument is I think he's a fine play against the Steelers I have no issues picking him up like I said, I think you can, you're can. you going to hold him all season. You're going to use him more than just this one week. So if he's there, grab him. All right, so wide receiver number two, Calvin Ridley. He's still only owned in about 40% of leagues. He takes on the Bengals. As I mentioned earlier, uh, I think Cincinnati is going to score some points because of all the injuries that Atlanta just sustained on defense. Both starting safeties, their leader, Deion Jones, a linebacker. So I think that points are going to be scored here. I think Atlanta is more than capable of scoring themselves. You have saw what Matty Ice has done the last couple weeks. Uh, Matt Ryan is playing very well. Obviously, Julio's the alpha. He's the one. I get it. But that's why they drafted uh, Calvin Ridley, is to be the number two. You can't focus all your attention and energy on Julio, or Calvin Ridley can make you pay. The last two games, Ridley's has 11 receptions 210 yards and four touchdowns in two games so i mean that's phenomenal i'm not expecting another 160 yards and three touchdowns i get last week but i think he's an absolutely fine streamer He's someone you can throw in your flex whether it's injuries uh, maybe uh, there are a couple teams on bye this week whatever the reason I think Calvin Ridley should A, be on your roster, stashed for later in the season, and B, I think you can play him this week. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. And I think that, again, you're not going to... He's not going to lose you. You're weak by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Cincinnati is giving up over 90 yards a game to wide receiver twos, which is 30th in the NFL. So they're not bad against wide receiver ones, but they're really bad against wide receiver twos. And like I said... Maybe Calvin Ridley had wide receiver one production last week, but I don't think anyone is making the argument right now that he's better than Julio Jones. So Julio's going to get the attention, and Ridley's going to get the production. All right, and the third wide receiver is actually staying in the exact same game. We're just flipping over to the Bengals' side. It's Tyler Boyd. He's only in about 23% of leagues. Uh, as I've already mentioned, Atlanta has a depleted secondary. Their defense was average before the injuries it's past defenses I in my opinion is going to be below average after I understand that linebacker and safeties don't typically cover wide receiver twos you know he's going to face the same corners but it's not just one-on-one matchups right like it's the safeties over the top the help the scheme the chemistry uh, just all of those things that play into the offense's favor when you have backup safeties in the game the last two weeks the Falcons have scored 31 and 37 points so they're playing well right now um and I think they're gonna score more right this week so I think you're you're looking at a shootout and I mean the last two weeks Boyd in each of the last two weeks Boyd has at least six receptions at least 91 yards receiving and one touchdown The Falcons are ranked 23rd against wide receiver twos. So if AJ Green is healthy, then Boyd has a great matchup. And if AJ Green is banged up, we don't know exactly how bad his injury is. They're hoping he plays, but it's something to monitor, obviously. But even if AJ Green does not play, sure, Boyd is going to have the wide receiver one matchups from a defensive standpoint but he's just going to get increased targets, right? Like So there's, there's a give and take, whether Green's there or not. Um, as I said with Brown and Ridley, I think Boyd is not only somebody you can pick up off waivers, throw in your lineup this week, get good production, but I think he's someone you're going to want to keep on your roster and you're going to use him again and again. So definitely someone to go out and get if he's still available on the waiver wire. All right, so let's switch over to the tight end position. My first tight end, surprise, surprise, Tyler Eifert. He's owned about 46% of leagues. I'm not going to elaborate on the, the defense of the Falcons much more, I promise. But the one thing I will say, with a linebacker and both starting safeties being injured, those are the players that typically cover tight ends in man coverage. And so that really benefits guys like Eifert versus the wide receivers on the team. So he's got a good matchup. He's going to be playing second-string players. Last week, he had six receptions for 74 yards. He's a huge red zone threat in a game where, like I said, points might be had here. You know, they Both teams could score 30 points. So Eifert is, in my opinion, the best red zone threat on the team. If A.J. Green's hurt, that just gives him a bigger boost for both targets and red zone work. So he's someone I'm comfortable throwing in there, whether Green is active or not. Uh, that doesn't really affect my decision. Um, and I know Atlanta has typically, or so far this year anyway, been good against the tight end position. But, I mean, they haven't really played much in the way of tight ends. Like, sure, Week 1, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, both great. Um, Ertz is obviously like a top three tight end in the league. But that was a really sloppy game. Nick Foles threw for... 100 yards you know that was just a really really ugly game you know i think if that was carson wentz at 100 percent and zach Ertz, the eagles wouldn't have shut down the tight end or sorry the falcons would not have shut down the eagles tight ends the way they did week two they played the panthers so you're like again greg olsen top five tight end got hurt so you know they played ito smith they played a rookie tight end not someone you'd expect to just throw in the lineup week two and tear up the Falcons' defense. And then week three, they played the Saints, who have Ben Watson, who's extremely old and still had five receptions for 71 yards. So I understand on paper, you look at what the Falcons have given up to the tight end position, it's not much, but I'm not completely sold on them shutting down these tight ends or anything. So I think Eifert is more than, I think he's a great play this week. I am targeting him wherever I can. So sticking in the same game, for the same reason I just mentioned, I think points are going to be scored here. Austin Hooper, 25% owed, takes on the Bengals. Um, This is more of a matchup play than anything. I don't mind Hooper as a streaming option, especially when there's not a lot of streaming tight ends available. Um, He's someone that I think is pretty underrated. Um, But this is, again, this is more of a matchup. The Bengals are awful against the tight ends so far this season. They're bottom five in almost every category. And so, you know, the tight end is one of those weird positions where when some teams struggle against them, they just really struggle against them. And the most average of tight ends can have pretty good days. And so I think that's what you're going to hope for when you throw Hooper in there. And my third tight end is a little deeper, a little more of a shot in the dark. Someone you really... It'd it'd be bold to throw him in your lineup. But I think I'm about to tell you why you can throw him in your lineup. It's Jake Butt. He's only only 2% a league, so, I mean, he's free everywhere. You don't have to spend any fab or priority on him. You can pick him up probably as late as Friday if you want. But he takes on the Chiefs. The Chiefs have just been terrible defensively. Like, terrible But on the flip side, they've been so dominant offensively that other teams have had to throw the ball a lot. And so I think that's what's going to happen. I think the Chiefs are going to score 30 points, and the Broncos are going to have to throw the ball. Um, I think the Broncos can beat the Chiefs, but in order to do that, I think they're really going to have to throw the ball a lot. Uh, Jake Butt is a great receiving tight end, too. He kind of flew under the radar because he was drafted so late, but... He tore his ACL, he, he blew up his knee in a his final bowl game at Michigan, or he would have been, you know, a, maybe late, if not like a second-round pick. Like, this guy was a very highly sought-after prospect coming out of college, and his injury is the only reason he fell down the draft board. I think if he, he would have got a lot more hype, and people would be a lot higher on him if he was drafted in the second round. And so he's a second-round talent, don't. Forget that. So I'm not calling for Jake Butt to have a hundred yards and a touchdown. All I'm saying is, if your league is so deep that he is one of the best options on the waiver wire, throw him in there. I would start him over a lot of other tight ends with, you know, low ownership like that. So not someone I'm targeting. I'm, Eifert is my man this week. He's he's the one I'm going after. But if you miss out on these guys. And you're stuck, you know, with an Ito Smith or Jake Butt. Um, you know, Jake Butt is the one I'm playing. It's just a matchup game. I think he's he's not going to win you your week. I don't think he's going to lose it either. All right, let's switch over to defenses. Uh, pretty thin defenses this week. Uh, I mean, there's always the low ownership ones that have a great week, much like the Bills last week against the Vikings. Nobody nobody really saw that coming. Um, so there, there are three really solid plays here that I think are all gonna have very fine weeks. I just, I don't really envision any of these three having like a 25 point week. You know, like when we streamed the Bears a couple weeks ago, they had you know 20 points, and that's what I look for when I'm streaming a defense. Like where is that really boom potential? Um, so I, I don't see those big weeks from these teams, but I think they can all three score in double digits, which is great for defenses, especially when you're just streaming. So uh, first up is the Seahawks. They're owning about 7% of leagues to take on Arizona. Um, The Seattle defense hasn't been that bad this year. Um, They they looked really good against Dallas this last week, which I understand might say more about the Cowboys than it does about the Seahawks, but um, for what it's worth, they're not playing bad. They're a West Coast team that's staying on the West Coast. They're not playing at home, but they're playing in Arizona. So you don't have to worry about them going over, playing an early game on the East Coast where you know things historically can get pretty sloppy for those West Coast traveling teams. And, I mean, let's be frank, the Arizona Cardinals offense has looked terrible. Just terrible. Like Sam Bradford has done absolutely nothing so far this year. And, I mean, he's been so bad that the Cardinals were down two points with about two minutes left at home last week against the Bears, and they threw Josh Rosen in to try to help them come back. Why? I have no idea. Josh Rosen hadn't played a regular season snap until then. But they threw him in there just hoping for the best. Rosen threw one. I believe one came back on a penalty, but he threw like multiple interceptions in those two minutes. Like, I just. I like Rosen as a prospect, but I, yeah, I do not like the Cardinals this week. And I think the Seahawks defense is a very, very solid option. Uh, My second one is the Lions. They're owning about 9% of leagues, they take on the Cowboys. Um, I mean,. Surprisingly to everyone, I think, the Lions shut down the Patriots' offense on Sunday Night Football this past week. And kind of how I mentioned with the Seahawks, um, the Cowboys' offense has just looked terrible. They're running the ball fairly well with Zeke, but their passing game is brutal. It's like so bad. The Lions have been very good against the pass, too. So I don't think the Cowboys are moving the ball through the air at all this week. Um, does it kind of concern me that the Lions aren't great at stopping the run and that Dallas is obviously very effective running the ball like a little bit but I think they're going to shut them down passing I don't think the Cowboys are going to rush for like three four hundred yards and so for that reason I think that the Lions are a really really solid play this week and uh, as far as Dallas goes offensively they've scored eight points in week one 20 in week two and 13 in week three which is around 13 points per game on average and if the Lions sack Dak a couple times give up 13 points and get an interception you know again you're double digit fantasy scoring from a defensive perspective and that's great Uh, the last one is the Packers they're out in about 12 percent of leagues Uh, they take on the Bills in Lambeau um, and it's I think this is one of those game script games where the Packers are going to score points. Aaron Rodgers at home it's phenomenal. And if the Packers score points, the Bills have to try to score points. I think the Bills are going to be in predictive passing situations. I don't think Josh Allen is super accurate. I don't think he protects the ball as well as you would hope as a Bills fan. And so, again, I think the Packers are going to get a couple sacks. Hopefully Clay Matthews doesn't get egregious calls on those anymore and I think the Bills are going to turn the ball over I don't think they're going to score a ton of points again I know they had a great week in Minnesota but I'm not letting one game change my perception of this team I thought the Bills were going to be really bad coming into this season they looked awful through two weeks and so just because they had a surprise upset against the Vikings I'm not ready to just write off everything i this offseason preseason and through the first two games so I think the Packers just right, again a very fine play I don't think they're going to score 30 points but I think you're going to be in double digits you're going to be happy you started them they're not going to lose you your week by any stretch of the imagination all right guys so that does it for week number four we are getting into it if you have any questions at all hit me up on twitter if there's someone I mentioned that you don't like, if there's someone I didn't mention that you do like, uh, like I said, if you have a start, sit question, hit me up. Be happy to help you guys out at the FF Streamer. I will be giving away those jerseys. So again, uh, there's pictures of them online if you want to check out, see what they look like. So check it out on there. And as always, happy streaming. See you guys next week.